Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Coach's Corner. I'm Coach Andrew Poritz from Ingenuity Coaching. I help people discover and fulfill their passions and greatness. My mission to inspire and challenge you to dream big dreams and with my coaching, help you to make those dreams come true. You can visit my website at myfuturecoach.com and follow me on Twitter at Coach Andrew. If you're listening live and you have a question, the phone number is 646-929-2893. You'll be able to listen to the show on the phone, and if you press number one on your phone, I'll know you have a question. We also have a live chat room right on the show page where you can feel free to join in. My guest tonight, and by the way, tonight is my last show of 2012. Possibly my last show of all time if the world ends uh, on the 21st of December. But as of now, my last show of 2012, my guest tonight is Adrian Gusoff, who is the author of Dirty Yiddish Slang and Zen Jewish Humor. She's currently working on her next book, Yiddish for Hipsters. She's the founder and owner of Booby Graham, Jewish grandma singing telegrams and the creator of Bubbygram greeting cards with recycled paper greetings. Her online Yiddish dictionary is one of the most popular on the web with nearly a million hits. She's a humorous freelance writer, lecturer, and college professor. You can learn more about Adrian at www.bubbygram.com and at www.artofepiphany.com. Adrian, are you with me? I'm here, darling. Hello, darling. Hello. I'm so excited. So excited. (laughs) I might have to talk like this the whole time. I know. It's very addictive, isn't it? It really is. You Um, kind of lapse into it, and you can't. And before you know it, you sound like your grandfather or your Uncle Heshi. It's really terrible. I really do. I I had uh, two, (laughs) I had uh, several grandparents uh, who spoke Yiddish, actually, four. Uh, three out of the four were were born in the other the, in in the in Eastern the old Europe country. in the old in the country. country, and my my mother's mother was a, a first generation American, but basically I come from a, a long line of Yiddish speaking people, and uh, which is you know a, a language that is you know maybe not as big as it used to be, but a lot of people. Uh, uh, know it and love it, and I think maybe it's making a little bit of a renaissance. I think it is making a renaissance. Um, you know, it was sort of, well, you know, as you, as I'm sure you know, I, I don't know if your listeners know, but you'd back in the, well, obviously in Europe, but certainly in the early part of the 20th century, especially in New York, um, where there were a lot of Jewish Im- immigrants, um, Yiddish was a street language, you know, millions of people spoke it, and it would, there was Yiddish theater and Yiddish literature and Yiddish newspapers, and it was a very active living language. And as that first generation of immigrants died out, um, the language sort of, you know, I guess kind of went into the background. It became a secret language that probably your parents spoke, maybe, and my parents spoke so that the kids wouldn't understand, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. And you picked up a few words here and there. There were certain things that maybe you said in Yiddish that made more sense in Yiddish that, that didn't make sense in English. Or, you know, just like a word like schlep, I mean, or schwitz, you know, you, sure. you know, just it just makes more sense in Yiddish. Um, but that, you know, a lot of people who are, let's say, in the baby boomers and younger really 
don't speak fluent Yiddish unless you're a Hasidic Jew, you know. Um, but um, I think there's sort of a, a nostalgia for it, and it's coming back in that they're teaching it in colleges. Um, I I just took it in, in at college. I took a mm. you know because I I wanted to see if I could become more fluent, and I you know like a lot of baby boomers i know phrases i know words but i if i if i had to put a sentence together a proper grammatical sentence forget about it (laughs) (laughs) hey that's not yiddish you can't fool (laughs) me i know i know it isn't um but uh you know but i but i but you know yiddish theater is coming back actually there's the uh, yiddish folkspine theater in new york Mm -hmm. that um uh, they, they do plays in Yiddish. They do like even Shakespeare in Yiddish. And if you go see one of those plays, they have the translations across the stage. You know, with those red dot lights. What are they, I don't even know what they call them. Like LED kind of uh, subtitles. I guess like the way they hmm. do um, the libretto at the opera. Oh, okay, sure. You know, it's like uh, yeah, you can see the translation, simultaneous translation. Right. So you don't need to speak Yiddish to see those plays. And um I don't know, you know, the klezmer music is sort of coming come back and uh I was actually gonna to try to find a little piece of klezmer music to to introduce you with, but I just ran out of time. <laughs> There's some great stuff out there and, you know, that's another another way that people are getting into Yiddish as well. learning the old Yiddish songs, the old Klezmer mm-hmm. songs. So I mean, it's such an expressive language. Yeah, you know, I growing growing up. Yeah, you, you, funny you mentioned uh, the speaking in a language so that the kids wouldn't understand. Now, my my parents sometimes did the uh, the double secret uh, code, which was not just speaking in Yiddish, but spelling in Yiddish. Spelling in Yiddish. Spell, spelling in with Yiddish. Yiddish with Yiddish with with the Yiddish Hebrew letters or with English. No, no. I mean, like they would speak instead of just saying it, they would speak. They would say the letters of the Yiddish word, which is so uh, you'd have to double translate it. You'd have to. No, but I'm saying like you know, Schwitz would be like Shin Hey, you know, Vol, oh, no, no, like no, that, no, or no, they would just no, be like S A. That would have been triple or triple secret code. <laughs> That would have been. By the way, that's, my brain, that's their brains would have exploded <laughs> along with mine. Um, you know, uh, but I what I always remember I was as a as a kid. Occasionally, we'd go up to the Catskills, which, um, as anybody knows who's uh, been to the Catskills, or if you've ever seen a movie like The Apprenticeship of Duddy Kravitz. Oh, I love that movie. Um, that's really like the. Or Dirty uh, Dancing. Or Dirty Dancing. Yeah. I mean that's that's where really uh, a lot of this stuff took place. That was uh, they, what they called the Borscht Belt, where the, all the, the the comedians would make the circuit uh, for many many years. A lot of the biggest comedians of uh, you know the uh, our our day certainly uh, came out of that yeah. place. Yeah, I mean, even Woody Allen, today. even Woody Allen, and you know, I mean, all of them. You Woody know, Allen, Henry Young, he- from he- Henny Youngman. Uh, anybody uh, named Hecky, uh, Shecky, I mean, Shecky, Hecky. Anybody, Hecky, anybody, anybody with a Y, Benny. You know, exactly, they all, they all came <laughs> came out of that thing. And uh, you know, from time to time, I, I would go with my family. We would go to the Concord or Grossinger's or Kutcher's or one of those places. And it would never fail that there would be a, a, a show. You know, a comedian would be on, and uh, you know, sometimes my parents would bring us in with them. 
and the the comedian would tell a joke in, in English with a Yiddish punchline. So the kids wouldn't understand. And then they, and, and good, everybody right. would die laughing, and I would say, "What what what do you say? What do you say?" It 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 doesn't translate. Was the answer? It just does. It does. <laughs> it, it can't be translated. It really, you know, it, and they never, they never even tried. So I, to this day, I, and I don't remember the joke. I just remember the frustration of not, of not knowing what it meant. If for that alone, I have had a desire to learn some more of this language. Do do um, did your parents speak Yiddish a lot in the house? I mean, did you pick no, up? No, no, no. I mean, only only uh, you know the, the phrase here and there, word here and there, or again, usually as a as a way of uh, making sure we didn't understand what they were talking about. But if I'd go, you know, when we when we go visit grandma and grandpa, then it was always a lot of a lot of it. My grandparents spoke primarily uh, a Yiddish more than English, and um, and uh, sometimes they would they would fall into it. You know, they would, they couldn't help yeah. themselves. They'd just go fall back into it, and they'd have to remember. Oh no, wait, I'm speaking to an a- alien. <laughs> well, my great grandmother, who lived with my grandparents when I was growing up, she didn't. I don't think she spoke any English. Um, I mean, I, 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 I barely remember even having a conversation with her, a real conversation with her. Mm. Um, but she only she only spoke Yiddish. My, I mean, my mother my mother speaks fluent Yiddish, but um, um, yeah, I mean, I think my father spoke Yiddish. Prime, you know, when he was growing up, because his father his father spoke Yiddish. Um, I think my father, you know, that was his first language, but then he kind of forgot it, you know, when he started school. And, you know, my mother would have to speak to him so slowly and in such basic such basic language that after a while it was I could understand it. You know? mm. So it was, the point of the secret language was kind of nullified by the fact that she was speaking, you know, in, you know, baby, basically Yiddish baby talk. <laughs> <laughs> So now, when, when did you get the first idea to start with the the, the Yiddishism? Well, I I had the idea for the Jewish grandma singing telegram thing. That's how the whole thing started. The idea, the, the I don't even know where it came. I mean, I don't even know. It just popped into my head, Bubby, like a Bubby Graham, like a and then like oh, like a Bubby singing telegram. What would that be? It would be like me dressed up like a Jewish grandma bringing uh, chicken soup to sick people in the hospital and birthday bagels and you know, so I had this idea. This was back in the early 80s. I had right. this idea. So I thought, well, you know, let's run it up the flagpole and see who salutes. So I put an ad in the back of New York Magazine, which is this is the days when singing telegrams were kind of becoming all the rage. And crazy, crazy kinds of singing telegrams. It was like you know, Buddhagram and all kinds of like crazy singing telegrams. So I put an ad in, and I got a lot of kind of an instant response to it. Um, I got a lot of media attention. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, the first the first time somebody called me and hired me to do a bubbygram, I was so nervous and so afraid that I wouldn't be worth the money that at the time it was forty nine ninety five. That's what I that's what I charged. The standard price for for a telegram in those days was fifty dollars. So wow. I charged forty nine ninety five and um I brought about sixty dollars worth of rugalach with me so that I you know so that they wouldn't they would feel like they got their money's worth. Um but I started to write funny songs like Alan Sherman type stuff 
and uh, original material mm-hmm. and collecting jokes and this and that. And um, you know, the app really kind of grew. And you know, when when somebody would hire me to do somebody's birthday party, for example, I would take personal information about that person and I would work it into the routine. Um, so it was kind of like a little bit of a roast plus my original material and funny songs and jokes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, and then I started doing, I had the idea for doing the Jewish grandma on greeting cards. And I submitted the idea to Recycled and they loved the idea. They just so happened to be looking for a photographic line and an ethic line at the same time. I just happened to be the right place at the right time. Um, and the cards did really, really well for a long time. But it was a lot of work doing those cards because, first of all, it was me dressed up in full drag, you know, with yeah. the with the overstuffing and you know the, the the fat suit underneath, which I don't need anymore, uh, you know, and the, and the painted or wrinkles, which I also don't need anymore. Uh, but the roll down stockings with the varicose veins painted directly onto the stockings. You need the, those. You know, the, no, I don't. I do need those. I okay. do still need those. Okay. Um, uh, but uh, you know, rhinestone glasses, uh, drop dead, stunning, gorgeous outfit with the sequins on it. You know, it's gorgeous, and the shopping bags filled with all kinds of props and craziness. You know, mm-hmm. uh, rubber chickens and all kinds of silly stuff. And um, and uh, so I had the idea of doing the greeting cards, and I would, I would, I did the greeting cards for several years with recycled. Um, but it was, like I said, it was a lot of work because, you know, I would come up with the idea for the for the card, like what I wanted it to say, and then we have to go find a location that made sense f- for the copy, and very often it entailed being inside somebody's house. So we had to find a house that was kind of Bubby-esque, you know, with plastic slip covers and, you know, chintzy stuff. And, you know, in those days, it wasn't so hard to find. I mean, my grandmother was alive in those days. You could go shoot up, up at her place. Mm-hmm. But slowly, you know, that generation, you know, my grandmother would be like 120 now. So, you know. <laughs> but she wouldn't look a day over 110. It's not easy. My grandmother was very young looking because every night, every night before she went to bed, chicken fat all over her face. She was gorgeous. <laughs> um, um, but anyway, um, so I uh, I started doing the cards, and so sure. I really was, and I, and I was getting a lot of media attention. I was on, you know, on doing a lot of TV shows. I was getting, uh, it was in People magazine and the Jerusalem Post, and you know, all kinds of magazines and newspapers all over the world and it was great fun but at the time I was single and I was having a very hard time separating myself from this Bubby character Um, and guys don't want to date women who remind them of their grandmother it was very you know like that's pretty funny it was really it was really difficult you know you couldn't find somebody with a grandma fetish that would have been weird. Yeah. It would have been weird. I mean, it was it was very hard. It was very uh it was very it was just I was just having a hard time I, you know, you hear this a lot from from performers who have a character. They have a hard time separating from the character. And I was finding that that was the I mean, I would go out on a gig, you know, and I would like pass the mirror on in my lobby on the way out the door and I'd look at myself and I'd say, you know, for this you went to college. <laughs> and and uh I mean I had a lot of great great you know funny 
experiences and it was wonderful but um after a while I just thought I can't I just can't do it anymore. So I hired other people to do the telegrams to me using my material. Um but then my, my the Bubbygram agency, you you know, party entertainment became like sort of a full service um entertainment company. So now I do all kinds of stuff. The Bubby's only one little tiny bit of it. You know, I have celebrity impersonators and, and samba dancers and belly dancers and all kinds of Oh, like and this, and this is that's all you. That's all your company. That's my company, but it's not ah. all me. I don't I don't do any I don't do any other kind of entertaining. Right. But um, um, and then with the greeting cards, I kind of stopped doing the the grandma as the greeting cards because it just got to be so it was so labor intensive. Like I said, it was, it could take a full day to shoot one card. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, going schlepping around to try to find exactly the right setting in the backdrop and a lot of times people didn't want you to shoot like if you needed to, if I needed to shoot in a store for example they didn't want they didn't like it to shoot in there there were all kinds of legal things so we have to like sneak around here I'm just like a lunatic you know and my photographer would like get her camera ready and you know <laughs> you know it was like it was crazy so I we kind of I kind of gave up on that and started to do another kind of greeting cards it was just you know vintage Photos with uh, snarky sayings on them. So that's um, so. But my both my businesses are really kind of come from the Bubby. You know, she's kind of the matriarch of everything I do. And mm. so I have the I have the Bubby website. And then because of the Bubby website, I decided to do a Yiddish dictionary on the Bubby website, um, just for the love of the language. And an, a publishing company saw the dictionary um ulysses press who who does a whole line of dirty language books they do like dirty italian dirty french dirty sign language you know dirty chinese and they wanted to do dirty yiddish and she found my um my website and she liked my voice and asked me if i wanted to do it and i was thrilled to do it so um that's and the more i the more i get into it the more i love it mm. Tell me some of your favorite Yiddishisms. Oh boy, oh boy! <laughs> you mean like a Yiddish word or a Yiddish? The Yiddish oh, Yiddish no, we know we want expression, and, and, and in effect, if you have any from your book you'd like to um, share with me, I would. Oh like to well, hear the book. You. Okay, let me. I have to find the. I have to get a copy of the book here, but. Um, uh, you don't have a copy of the book. Well, no, I do have it. It's just a okay. question of is it like is it is it right at you know it's not right at hand. Okay. Um, but um, <clears throat> um, one of my favorite expressions I love it is Zolsta Essen Atali Karn Kaken Transfers. You know what that means? No. <laughs> <laughs> you should eat a trolley car and shit transfers. <laughs> ah! <laughs> it's just one of those crazy. You know, Yiddish Yiddish has these great curses in them um they're very creative i mean the yiddish curses are like the sort of the yo mama uh jokes of the day mm-hmm. of their day of their time um you know they were they were uh, cr- they were like little bits of theater each one you know like the most creative um yeah, I mean, I could say I could say them in Yiddish, but you, but you know, you and your listeners probably won't understand them. But but some of them were just um, well, you know, the, the, the famous one is you should grow with your head in your you should grow with your head in the ground like an onion. That's kind of a 
a famous one. That's yeah, okay. that's the one that everybody seems to know. Um, um, your gut should be pulled out of your belly and wrapped around your neck. You know, a royska schleppen soll mein der Kischkes von Boich and a rumwickeln dein Holz. That's I mean, wonderful. It's wonderful, yeah. I mean, you're, all your teeth should fall out except one, and in that one you should have a terrible toothache. So, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't even know a lot of these things, a lot of them in Yiddish. They're just, but they're so, you know, they tr- they're translated, they translate into English so well. My my father um, always likes to say things like, a brox a brox in thine kepi. Yeah, a, a curse on your head. Yes. A, a curse on your head, yeah. Exactly. Well, beach should grow. Beach should grow out of your belly button. And you should piss borscht. That's another good one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at this! We got a couple of uh, people who have, who would like to participate. I oh, have a good. couple of uh, listeners who have their hands up. Oh, good. All right, who? somebody who? in the five one six area code. I have no idea who this is. Five one six. I'm going to put you on. Hello. Do you have a question or a comment? Uh, yes, I wanted to know what Adrian uh, thought. Adrian's grandparents thought of her Bubby Graham. Oh, my grandmother loved it. My grandmother, she she actually she was on a couple of my cards. I put my grandmother on a couple of my greeting cards. I think I you saw know, just, that. You saw that one. Remember that one? Yeah. She was, yeah. <laughs> She was so she was she quelled from the, from this. And my grandfather unfortunately had already passed away uh. by the time I started doing that. But my grandmother was very much alive, and um, <clears throat> she loved it. We, you know, in fact, my and her, you know, my aunts and uncles loved it also. She used to have a place up in the Catskills in the bungalow on the Cuchulain in the bungalow colony. Mm-hmm. And um, one summer I went up there with my photographer, and we just went crazy. We were just shooting all over the bungalow colony, you know, wherever. And there was one shot of me sitting on the side of the swimming pool, um, um, and she, I told her, go sit go sit in the, on the bench behind me so you'll be in the, in the picture. So, <laughs> so she, we, put her, we put her on the card. But I used to use all my own – my whole family was, was on – like my father was in one of the cards. My nephew was in the cards. Um, my so your uncle, early days were a big influence on you. <laughs> they were they they well you know they were they when the grand the grandparents spoke Yiddish you know yeah. and uh, and it was a really big part of the it was a big part of the culture and it's a way of keeping them alive which is nice it's true that is true because when you speak Yiddish you know you think about your grandparents and and I think and I think that's why another reason why the language is coming is it has a it, mm-hmm. it is sentimental. Uh, attachment to the language for a lot of baby boomers because it reminds them of their parents and their grandparents. Well, it's exactly like right now. My, I, I am so hearing my grandparents with with us right now. Yeah, or even here, even even the the cadence of the language mm-hmm. is very, um, you know, has that. Well, you know, even like Jackie Mason who speaks in Yiddish, but he has that he has that Jackie Yiddish Mason kind of English. Like Jackie this, Mason, he talks like this. You know, he's, it's got the, you know he's got the the um, you know the, it's the cadence. Yes. And the Absolutely. sentence structure, you know, the the Yiddish sentence structure also is another thing that sort of lives in uh, infamy. I don't know if that's uh, <laughs> you know if that's the um, if that's the way to, to say you know the uh, this the syntax. Yes. You know, um, 
like um, the backwards, like asking a question with well, answer, of course, asking a question with a question. Right. Well, that's but, that, that um, old joke. So you know that that joke is. Uh, uh, so ask me why, uh, why why does a Jew always answer a question with a question? Ask me that right now. Why does a Jew always answer ask a qu- answer a question with a question? And why shouldn't a Jew always answer a question with a question? Exactly. Exactly. That's the that's the response. That's the answer. <laughs> that's the joke. That's the whole joke. <laughs> but there's also like, um, you know, well, first of all, Yiddish is very sarcastic. I yes, think. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if, if the language is sarcastic. Or that Jews are sarcastic and the language reflects it. I don't know. What do you think, caller? Uh, I I just, I just on, put her I put her on I put her back on. Put hold. her on. Okay. Um, but but um, uh, you know which came first, the chicken or the egg? The chicken soup or the, the egg? Chi- the chicken um, sandwich or the egg sandwich? The chicken soup. The chicken soup or the egg or the egg salad? Um, yeah, I don't know. You know, like is it is Yiddish is Yiddish kind of sarcastic? Is it a sarcastic language or a good vehicle for sarcasm because because Jews are sarcastic or are Jews sarcastic because Yiddish is sarcastic? I think it's probably the language is sarcastic because because Jews are sarcastic. Yeah, I, I think you know you have to go into in the hundreds or thousands of years of Jewish history to get the answer to where that came from, and it's just like all the stuff that we carry uh, historically that causes us to be a little caustic and a little uh, cynical and a little uh, humorous and a, and and uh, a lot well, of puns and a lot of jokes. Right, like also jokes make thing, you survive, right? Right. Well, I think that's. I mean, I was going to say exactly that is that um, the 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 uh, Jewish sense of humor um, is very much a, a a way of just. You know, making sort of the best of a, of a bad situation. You know, if you can't if you can't laugh, you just you can cry. So you gotta you gotta laugh about it. And so there's all those, you know, all what I call Yiddish Zen humor. There's a lot hmm. of that, which is, um, you know, sort of jokes that, in a way, um, maybe only Jews really understand at the deepest level. I mean, uh, maybe maybe somebody who's not Jewish sort of understands sort of why it's funny, but mm-hmm. Uh, it really almost you almost have to be Jewish to really understand why it's funny. I mean, the, the simplest simplest one is you know, uh, you know, Abe and Heshi are sitting on a park bench, and Abe says, "You know, Heshi, life is like a glass of tea." And Heshi says, "Why is that? What do you think that is?" He says, "How should I know? What am I a philosopher?" <laughs> you know, it's just like, uh, you know, it's just like a very uh, a very Yiddish. Mentality. Well, there's or, now you know uh, that show, yeah. uh, old Jews telling jokes on right. uh, Broadway, right? Or off Broadway. I'm not well, sure started as a word. website, I think. And there's and there's a book. There's a book also that I, you know, yeah. But I know them all, man. I know them all. <laughs> I got. I mean, it's it's pretty hard to tell to tell me a Jewish joke that I haven't heard somewhere, you know. But um, well, if anybody's but listening, they have a, a great have a joke that you want to try to stump Adrian with. That would be that would be very cool. Yeah, if you can we, do it. Now we have <laughs> another person on uh, uh, who has their hand up. So okay. uh, somebody in the nine seven three area code. I'm giving you a little heads up. I'm going to ask, see what what's up over there. Okay. Hello nine seven three. Oop, nope. Let me try it again. Hello, hello, nine seven three. Can you hear us? Hello. 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 
I love I loved Adrian's dirty dirty Yiddish book, and I have a question. Oh, thank you. Uh, yes, thank Yiddish, you. Yiddish words have become so mainstream. Why do you think that is? Like you watch Saturday Night Live, Leno, Letterman, and they all use <clears throat> Yiddish words. Um, well, aside from the fact that Yiddish words are just plain funny, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you, the, some of the words are just, they just sound funnier in Yiddish. I mean, come on, doesn't schwitz sound funnier than sweat? I mean, you know, it, it just sounds funnier. Um, but obviously, a lot of Jews are in the entertainment business. And so these words just kind of creep into, especially into Hollywood, into the entertainment business. And then they 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 go out into the airwaves and go out into uh into movies and television and they become part of the the American lexicon. You know, I mean, I certainly don't think that, you know, you know, in in the United States, I think I mean, I I don't know, maybe I, I don't know if there are any callers out there or anybody online who who doesn't live in New York or LA um, who's listening, but um, I would be curious to know if a word like schlep is common, you know, if you know what the word schlep means. But certainly in mm-hmm. New York, it's used in advertising. It's used. I've seen it in the New York Times, not even italicized, right? You know, as a foreign word. I mean, it's it's practically English. Well, it doesn't probably, come up flagged in my spell check. There's a lot of words that I'm surprised don't come up flagged in yeah. in, in spell check. You know, like um, schmuck, you know. Yeah. Unless you spell it with like, sometimes it comes up if you spell it with S-H versus S-C-H, you know. Right. But uh, schmaltzy, you know. But I don't I don't know. I wonder if those words are common in... in uh, Chutz, chutzpah in, like, is another great chutzpah, one a lot of people or, will use. Right, or or chutzpah, as what's-her-name says, Michelle uh, Bachman <laughs> says, chutzpah. But you know these are these words. You know, obviously Hollywood, you know, and TV, and you know they're big, have a lot of Jews in in, in those industries, mm-hmm. and um, and so those words. I mean, there's no other word really like chutzpah, although it's often used. It's you often used incorrectly, or not incorrectly, but like without the nuance that it really mm-hmm. right. that it really has. I mean. A lot of people think chutzpah means balls, like balls. Yeah, I knew balls, you were going to say you know. that. Yeah. Um, now, somebody who works the bomb squad, you know, may have breast balls, but they don't necessarily have chutzpah. Right. I mean, chutzpah is, um, well, actually, it means it sort of means audacity. I mean, maybe Obama should have named his book the the chutzpah of hope. <laughs> the chutzpah, the chutzpah of hope. Um, but you could have had the book signing in a kibbutz. Yeah, or in the, in the, in the Catskills. Um, you know, the, the 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 joke is, you know, or like the, uh, somebody with chutzpah is like the guy who steals, you know, pirates software and then calls up for technical help. You know, it's like there's a certain there's a certain just unbelievable ballsiness about it. That's that's not always. Nice, but but there's a sort of grudging. Uh, what's the word? Uh, grudging admiration, in a way. Mm. You know, for somebody to have that much unbelievable. Like I was just reading in a reading an article about this woman. I don't know if you saw this. She she somewhere in like Tulsa, Oklahoma. She she spent six hours in a in a Walmart cobbling together a meth lab 
from <laughs> you know from from the ingredients uh, that she found in in you know in in the uh, all over here. I mean, who knew that they had to do she like. Uh, you know, she what put together like Sudafed or something. Lithium. She could. She she forgot the Sudafed. She wasn't so bright. She forgot you know, the Sudafed. Yeah. How well, could you, you make meth without Sudafed? Everybody knows that. They say women women are not so great. You know, yeah. we, women are not so good at meth. You know, they say that. But, um, <laughs> not so good at meth. <laughs> not so good at meth. Yeah. <laughs> but um, she she had. Uh, uh, I don't know what did she had like. Uh, sulfuric acid and mm. lithium. It's like really they sell that at Walmart. But anyway, just the just the notion that she was like had like pulled all this stuff together off the shelves of Walmart and was like had like set up a meth lab in Walmart. Now to me that's that's chutzpah. Abs- that is that is. May, that might be like a, you know, see the definition of that might be in the the picture <laughs> should be of that. See yeah, this story I mean, and you'll know what we're talking about. Yeah, that's 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 chutzpah. But you know, even even like you know David from David and Goliath, you know, I mean that you know little pitcher <laughs> like him, he thought he could take that a giant with a with a mm-hmm. rock and a slingshot. I mean that's kind of, you know, you know it's 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 a, it's a sense of confidence that you don't even know like does it come from real confidence or does it just come from some kind some form of mental illness? Sometimes it's hard to tell the difference, you know. Um, so um, that's you know, but um, yeah, I mean, I think everybody in this country knows what chutzpah is, pretty much. Pretty much. And that's yeah, because and, of that's because of you know of that's because of um, the media. How about a word like schmooze? I mean, I think that's a great word, and I think people use it a lot. Um, you know, it's it's sort of taken on another meaning, also. I mean, literally, schmooze just means kind of like shoot the shit. Mm-hmm. It's 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 taken on a new meaning of um, networking. Yeah. And it's not really what it means in Yiddish, but it's okay, you know. I mean. Well, I think that's what goes on as you network. So as so sort of the what's going on, you're working the room. Right. But you schmoo and you're schmoozing people up. You yeah. Know, it's like. Yeah. So I think it's sort of, it's sort of gotten you know it's sort of taken on a, a secondary meaning, which is which is great. I mean that's how you keep a language that's how you keep a language alive. Mm. It's to it's to come up with new uses for it, a new new ways of interjecting it into the vernacular. I mean there are very few people who speak fluent Yiddish who you would have the occasion to speak to on the street, except for Orthodox, not even Orthodox, you know like uh, Hasidic Jews. You know, speak Yiddish, right? Um, but the but an average uh, assimilated Jew does not speak fluent Yiddish unless they're like older than like maybe eighty years old. So, um, you know, to get those people, to get the younger people younger, and by younger I mean you know younger than eighty, to <laughs> to. Uh, <laughs> to you know to to use the language again to to find to find you know to develop a love of it and to find a use of it it's got to have new meaning it's got to have new relevance mm-hmm. that's kind of what i tried to do in my book was to create new ways of using yiddish um making up new slang for example there's no there's not saying no but there's very few yiddish words for sex for sex acts for sex parts well there's a lot of words for the male genitalia yeah. as i'm sure you know uh most people know those words absolutely um, 
there are. I think a lot of people don't realize who say those words that that's what the, what it means. That's that's probably true, um, because it, but it's the same in English. Can I can I use you know dirty words in this show? I don't know what you. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think I'm going to lose my uh, my 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 license uh, as you will. <laughs> well, for example, you know, in English, you could say you could call somebody a dick. Right. And obviously, that has two meanings, you know, in English. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's the same thing in in you know in Yiddish with schmuck. You know, it has the same basically yes. the same two meanings as dick does in English. Um, um, but but there's can you think of any words off the top of your head for female genitalia? Uh, you mean in English? No, in English is you know thousands. Oh, of oh yeah, no in Yiddish. Yiddish, no, not not off the top of my head. Well, I I looked for them for years. It was a quest of mine mm. to find because I knew there were there were at least there's at least half a dozen words for male genitalia. Um, I couldn't. I never heard one for female genitalia ever in my life. Um, and so I started to really ask around. I started to ask Yiddish speakers, you know, fluent Yiddish speakers. I called the Daily Favits and asked somebody there if she knew a word. And she thought about it. And she thought about it. And the only word she could think of wasn't even like a slang word. It was basically was birth canal. That was like the wow. the the you know the only word that that even was close to that. It was a very technical scientific word. Um, and my husband, who's a photographer, spent a lot of, spends a lot of time in B and H, you know, where they're all yes. Hasidic Jews. And he became sort of friendly with one of the salesmen, so he asked him, you know, what the what the you know what do you call it, you know? Um, he he told him that you know that I was on 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 this quest, you know, looking for. And I had you know from my dictionary, you know, people would like write in, like my grandmother used to call it this, and, but it was they were they were just like family words. You know, they weren't yeah. like real. Nobody had like a real sort of universal word that everybody understood. Um, the guy, the guy at um, B and H, used the word vagina. It's just you know that was that <laughs> yeah, was the word. Um, hmm. And so I really, really, really searched around, and then I did. I did find some for my book. Oh, you did um, after all I that. Did. You did I did after all that? There is. I was going to make word. a suggestion if you didn't find one. I was going to. Oh make yeah. One. Suggestion: If you yes. take like a word that would mean lady, yes, and maybe a word that would mean peach, a lady peach. <laughs> well, yeah, I suppose. And, and that's like it could kind of. Um, well, we're going to just make one up and create here, well, right I made, here, I live. Up, I made up a bunch of them. I oh, made up okay. a bunch of them. Okay, so well, you, like, example, what would be a lady peach in Yiddish? Well, I don't know how to say I don't know how to say peach in Yiddish because I'm really not fluent. Okay. But I, um, for example, um, a <clears throat> loch. Do you know what a loch like a loch and cup? A loch is a hole, like a loch oh, okay. and cup is a hole, a hole in the head, right? Ah, yes, yes. Okay, so a zisa lochala. Could you figure that out? Zis is like a zisa pesach, a sweet pesach. Mm-hmm. Zisa lochala. A little hole, a, a, a sweet little, a sweet little hole. Sweet little hole, okay. A sweet little hole. That's right? yeah, yeah. So, but but there actually is one word that is that is sort of the only word that I could ever find that was like really kind of a 
the equivalent of the C word, you know, in in yeah. Yiddish, which is shmunda. And that's a kind of a dirty a dirty word. I've never heard anybody say it. Actually, yeah. my 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 mother-in-law did know it. Um, but I ne- my mother did my mother speaks fluent Yiddish. I'd never heard it. You know, a lot of people didn't know it. Although when I was a kid, one of the neighbor one of my neighbor kids used you know used the word shmuni to just refer to like you know a woman's private parts. But it was like a kitty a kitty word. Yeah. And we thought it was just like a made up word coming that came from nowhere. That was a family word. But now I realize that it was probably the diminutive of shmunda. Hmm. You know. And I like the word shmooney. I think it's very funny. Um, I think it's a great word for a woman's private parts. I think parts. it's but an I'll, excellent word. I'm going to use that from now on. And, yeah, shmooney's a great. It's, it's my it's my personal favorite word okay. for for that. But um, um, but there's also you know people use knish, and they use um, pierga, which which is really means pierogi. Um, okay. But like a but like a knish is not you know. It, you wouldn't titter if you if somebody said that word. I mean, your first your first uh, thought, I think, if you heard the word knish, would be a savory potato pastry. Yeah, um, I mean, I think I've heard like women being maybe have referred to it. Oh, what a tasty knish she is. Yeah, but it's not. It's like not a, like what a, a like a hot tamale kind of a thing. Right, exactly. But it's not really like. Uh, I mean, the dirty the dirty meaning of it wouldn't be the first thing I think that pops no, into not, head. Not it really needs close. to be. That it be really needs to be in in uh, in context, you know. So I had to make up a whole bunch of you know a whole bunch of little you know words for for various female parts and for various sexual positions, which of course you know. Certainly, and if they, you know, maybe maybe people describe sexual positions, you know, at some point, but not to my knowledge, <laughs> you know, like nobody, nobody that I, you know, nobody who speaks fluent Yiddish is going to share that with me at this point, because it's either like anybody, they're either older than eighty or they're an Orthodox Jew, so either they don't know those words or they don't want to know from mm. those words. So I had to make them up, and also drug words is another thing that doesn't really exist in Yiddish. I mean, the, there's a word like narcotic is narcotic, mm-hmm. but that's it. There's no um, there's no words for like you know like in English. You know, you want to say <coughs> heroin, smack. There's weed. There's you know, there's all kinds of words for. Well, we can like Yiddish. We can like instead of smack, be schmack. Got some good stuff. Good, good stuff. Well, like good schnee, stuff. you know, schnee yeah. is like snow. So, you know, that's a good word for cocaine. Sure. You know, or you know, mishugana tabak, you know, for like wacky weed. Yeah. You know, this is, um, or, you know, as I said, like sexual positions, for example, um, one that one that I use all the time is, do you, do you know who Menashe Skolnik was? Do you know this name, Menashe Skolnik? Very familiar name. Okay, uh, he was a um, he was a star of the Yiddish stage and okay. screen. Um, and I used to have a boyfriend who used to call a Menashe Twa a Menashe Twa, like M E N A S H A Menashe Menashe Twa, uh. and um, and I used to think. Is that like a, is he related to Menashe Skolnik? So now I just call a threesome a Menashe Skolnik, you know, because uh, uh, yeah. I have a friend whose last name is Skolnik, but I don't think there's any relation. <laughs> Probably not. 
Um, it's, a, it's a common name, <coughs> but you can call him a Menachus. Menachus. Well, Menachus Skolnick. You know, I, I noticed that there's a caller in the Bay Area. If that caller would like to speak, press number one on your keypad, so I'll know that uh, you'd like to speak. So, speak, speak. No, because the way it works is if you don't. Ah, oh, okay, good. We got we got a we got a winner. Hold on here. We got a live one. Okay. We got a live one. Hello. I, I, the, the word that I heard as a as a youngster for the word you're looking for was schwanz. Schwanz. No, for for yeah. man, for man. For women. No, schwanz. Schwanz. Schwanz means means um tail. Tail. Uh, not in not in like the English where you say you get a piece of tail, like a tail, okay. like an animal's tail. So it's like it's like a it's like a penis. A schwant is, is definitely. But but tail is also referred to to uh, to women. Only in English. Yeah, mm. and then it was brought brought over for Yiddish. I don't. I've anyway, never... that's my that's my memory, and the so <laughs> so sue me, you know, sue me. So sue but me. But actually, Skolnik was was Romania, Romania, no. No, that was Aaron Lebedoff was Romanian. Uh, he was I'm singer. Close. What do I know? <laughs> In the in the Bay that's Area, great, we're not we're not we're not, uh, we're not very good at the uh, you know at, at the expressions. So uh, <laughs> you know, to, from, uh, in in New York, I would have been right. Here, I'm wrong. What can I tell you? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe maybe there you're wrong. Maybe there you're right because nobody there's nobody there to correct you. Yeah. And somebody would say to me, I remember as a kid, so Hobde and Budorain. Do you know what that means? Have a, a what? Echobde and Budorain. Ask people if they heard that expression. I, I haven't heard. Oh, it I have you in the bath. I have you in the. I have you in the bath. I have you. It's like I have yeah, you. Yeah, but it's. But yeah, it means like it basically means go screw yourself. Like go, go. Uh, I got you in the that, toilet. Like. It's, that's right. That's that's very good. Very good. That's <laughs> what you would say. Echobde and Budorain is 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 a put down. No. Yeah, it's like I, 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 it's like um, the equivalent of it's it's equivalent to go screw yourself. It's it literally means I have you, I have you in the toilet. And then you know, I, I would say in, to, and then I would say to you, aim cleaner, guys. <laughs> what was that last one? Aim cleaner, guys. I don't know that. I, or, or I'm not uh, hearing too it. Too right. bad because I'd love to know what it means. Oh. <laughs> my mother, my mother would, my mother would say that to me all the time when I did something uh, good or something interesting. She would say, "Ain't Kleinikite." I wish somebody would call in and say, give me a, the a, literal clean, meaning clean, of that. A is like a little, ain't, like a ain't A little, a little, a little a smallness. It's a, it means a smallness. Klein, it just it means a smallness. Like a little, no, like but a she little didn't thing. Mean, she, she didn't mean it that way. When she said that, she 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 would to, uh, she would pound her chest, you oh. know, with glee, with glee. She said, "Oh, hey, ain't clinicite." And very maybe, happily, she was very happy she, when she said maybe, that. Maybe she meant like it's a, you know one of those. It's a small thing, but it you know makes me happy. Like it's a small a small pleasure or something. Do you I know, madam, know. that for 50 years I've been Don't trying to get Madam. a definition of that? 50 years I've failed. 
and I failed again. I don't know what it means, but, I, but it's a memory it that I'd like to I'm telling know you it. what it means. No, you're I, giving well, me the literal it, meaning. I don't know. What does it mean when, when she was pounded her chest and said, a comment from the chat room says means being proud. Okay, that's good. Being proud. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I think I've said enough. I'm going to get off and I I'm so happy. A fifty year I've had a, a fifty year quest for Aunt Clinic and I got it made for tonight. I got the answer. I, so, I, so as I'm coach, so I got to thank you, and, and your guest, I thank you. It's been a pleasure to hear both of you talking. Well, well to My you. My heart is good. I can't tell you how, how wonderful it's well, made Well, to feel. you, sir, I say, I live enough, thank you. My my you know, the vase was exhausted. I live enough, thank you. The vase? It's a good thing. It's not a bad thing, because my father would say that, Eleven of thine boys, or thy plates there, uh, all body parts, but he never went below the waist. That uh. funny man. <laughs> no, anyway, the... anyway right. thank you very thank much. You. I'll listen to the rest of the conversation. Uh, okay. It's wonderful. And buy the thank book, you. darling. Buy thank the book. You, so you never much. know, you'll learn something, maybe. Yeah, with the name of the book, please <laughs> give me the name, a, a, nice, a nice plug for the book. What is it? Dirty, dirty Yiddish slang. You could buy Say it on again. Amazon. Dirty Yiddish slang. Dirty D I R T Y. Yeah. Yes, like schmutzik. Oh my goodness! Okay, thank you. I'm buying. I'm okay. buying. Thank you thank so you much. Wonderful. I so enjoyed it. <laughs> Bye. Okay, back to hold. Back to. Okay. Um, so where? So where was we? Um, where was we? We uh, well. We, we were talking. Uh, we were just doing the plug for the book. And then, and speaking of books, uh, I know you have another book coming. Uh, another book coming. Well, the, there's there's the book is. Well, I have another book called Zen Jewish Humor, mm-hmm. which is it's it's sort of done, but I'm redoing it. That one is that one is self published, but I'm revamping that book. And then the one the next one that I'm working on is um, is Yiddish for hipsters. So I'm going to really try to bring Yiddish into the modern age and and come up with expressions and uh, uses for it that you know young people can use. Will you be having a, a book a book launch party in Williamsburg, New York? In Williamsburg, maybe At I'll the have the home of the Lubov- Le- The Lubavitcher Center. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I became friendly with a Lubavitcher rabbi here, um, who who actually helped me with some expressions that I needed to translate. Because mm. as I said, I you know I can't. I I had the I had the idea for for an expression in 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 English, but I couldn't I couldn't get it from English to Yiddish. And he helped me. And uh, the expression was, he raised his staff like Moses, and her legs parted like the Red Sea. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> <laughs> and he uh and he he translated it for me. God God bless him. He he was a good sport. He was a really good sport. Did he turn colors when you when you uh... No, no, no. He was he was an unbelievably good sport. I just brought him a copy of the book and he loved it. He says he 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 looked at it and then a few minutes then I saw him outside uh in the neighborhood a little bit later and he goes, "I love this book." He says, "I want to I want to uh where can I get more of them? I want to give them to friends." And I'm thinking, "Oh my god, could you imagine this book the dirty Yiddish slang become the uh you know all the Lubavitcher rabbis, you know, reading it <laughs> in, in, in secret. 
Uh, wow. So, you know, we, as we're starting to wind down the show, so uh, why don't you tell me a little bit uh, briefly about some of the other stuff you do that because uh, I know you 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 speak, you coach, you uh, teach, you this. I do all kinds of things. Yeah. So, what else do I do? I teach greeting card design mm-hmm. at the new school at Parsons. Mm. Um, so I do that. Um, it's just you know, work in the in the spring and in the fall. That's kind of fun. I enjoy that. Um, that's basically you know marketing and you know how to how to design cards to make them marketable. Um, and as I said, I, as you know, I have the the party entertainment business. That's pretty much a full service party entertainment industry, uh, a business for the for the uh, you know. Private parties, corporate events, whatever. And I'm also a hip- licensed hypnotist. Watch out. I'm going to hypnotize you. And I'm um, sleepy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm always sleepy. Oh, okay. Um, uh, <laughs> um, I, it's self-hypnosis. Maybe that's, what, maybe that's my problem. Maybe I'm hypnotizing myself. Um, hypno- hypnosis and, and coaching and NLP and um, with, my spe- with a specialty being in personal relationships, Mm. And dating and that sort of thing, and I do have the website which you posted on your uh, page so kindly, um, which is artofepiphany.com, um, and that's really kind of serious-ish uh, <laughs> uh, dating coaching kind of website with advice and articles and that sort of stuff about just how to be happier, how to have better relationships in general. Well, so, oh, that's a, that's a good thing. It's a very good thing. I do all kinds of stuff, you know. Whatever, hey, whatever pays the whatever pays the rent. You oh, know? we got it. And we between gotta, that, yeah, go ahead. I think we, we have another caller? another caller uh, from oh, the nine zero eight area code. Raise their hand. Okay. We didn't have nine zero eight before, did we? I don't think. No, so. we had nine. We had seven. We had nine seven nine three. seven eight. Okay. Nine zero eight is New Jersey. Nine zero eight. Okay. I'm about to bring you onto the call. Hello, do you have a question for the booby? Well, I don't know if it's a question so much as to say that Adrian Gay, that stuff sounds too good to be true. She's amazing. <laughs> Thank you, Joy. amazing. She is multi-talented, and uh, I am the uh, Catholic schoolgirl to her art of uh, be great in Yiddish. <laughs> I know who this is. Oh. Okay. Thank you, darling. <laughs> I have enjoyed her cards. I have enjoyed everything she does. It's it's amazing. Oh, but you have your... Now I feel like Howard Stern, you have your radio I, on in the background, so I'm hearing you again twice. Oh, I'm sorry. I've enjoyed her Yiddish to no end. I, I only wish I could speak it better. Uh, but I, I, this is the, I couldn't get the show, and I just got in. And uh, I'm just a big fan of Miss Gusloff, and I just wanted to thank you for getting her on your show. Oh my, it's a it's a thrill, it's a thrill, so, and you'll uh, get to listen to the whole show. Back on sometime, okay? Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, thank you for radio show. I'm going to grab it again. Okay. I'm gonna <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Have thank a good one. Okay, as I goes on to you, I'm going to put you back on hold. And she's gone. <laughs> get the cane. Okay. I, I'm, I'm just having so much fun. Good. That's that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Well, that and the hokey pokey. I was uh, you. You beat me to it. 
Yeah. You really did. This is, you're, you're scaring me because you, my, you keep my on having the same say, thoughts. My father used to say all the time. He used to, you know, he used to give these, you know, pronouncements of advice, you know, and he would say, "And that's my dear. That's what it's all about." And I would look at him and I'd say, "I thought the hokey pokey what was it was all about." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you put your left foot in. I was always a smart ass. I was always a smart ass. You know, terrible. Well, I think you and I must have been separated at Briss. <laughs> at Briss? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> separated at Briss. I just threw that you, in there. You were, maybe. No, well, I'm one of us was. Anyway, so uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna close out our show. I want to first of all thank you so much for being here. Oh, my pleasure. My this pleasure. This was a thrill. I a had Mahaya. a lot of fun. To be uh, the last show of uh, uh, on Coach's Corner for the year 2012, and again, and, and maybe forever, if maybe the world forever. Ends on Friday, you know, uh, could happen. You know, you know, years from now, thousands of years from now, the Mayans, when they come back, they'll find the one thing they'll find is this show uh, recorded for posterity. That yeah, maybe it's a, it's a good thing. Like, well, you maybe know, some alien, maybe some, you know, maybe somehow it's getting beamed into space, and like, you know. Some alien planet is picking it up, and this is, you know, this is all they know of of the Earth. And 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 on that, that planet, really they will weird, eventually speak Yiddish. Speak Yiddish. It's unbelievable. The planet, the planet Krepla. But you know, the yeah. the good news is uh, they they have dis- discovered the incredible similarity between the Mayan calendar and an Oreo cookie. They seem to look almost identical. And <laughs> the Oreo cookie <laughs> has been translated to say, "Don't worry about it. It's not going to happen." So. <laughs> As long as you have, as long as you have cookies, there's nothing to worry about. Exactly, cookies are a good thing. Cookies so, are a good um, thing. so let's just uh, one one last time. Give us your 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 website, and okay. how people may contact you. Okay, so the the Bubby website is www.bubbygram.com. That's B-U-B-B-Y. G-R-A-M, like a Mary, bubbygram.com. And there's lots of funny stuff on there. You go, if you go to that page, go to the um, this Yiddish Dictionary, and you can go to the Wacky Fun Stuff page, and there's all kinds of crazy narishkeit over there, and uh, Jewish jokes and all kinds of stuff. And then on, on a more serious note, um, we have the... Uh, artofepiphany.com and if you can't spell epiphany you're going to have to look that up uh, E-P-I-P-H-A-N-Y artofepiphany.com um, so that's uh, as I said more serious and uh, you know more yeah. about becoming a happy well-adjusted person and and if you don't know how to spell it you can just go onto the show page here I have the links right there and you can just click away and again, I want to thank you for being on my show. Thank you so much for having me, Mr. Andrew. And uh, you're very welcome. We will be back in 2013. God willing. God willing. Exactly. Um, exactly. And you, the the Shane Apuna, the Shane Apuna. <laughs> I thank you very much. He's like a Thank you, boy chick. Thank and, you. And and uh, we'll be back next year. Thank you, honey. Good night. Night. Bye.